How's it going? Happy Sunday. Um, today's topic was going to be something that was brought up to me by uh, a client when I was doing an assessment. Um, one of the things that I do when I assess people is I use a couple of different checklists to measure different things. And one of the checklists is a, a scale that asks the question, um, do you feel or have you ever felt uh, chronically empty or chronic emptiness? And the person was like, well, what does that mean? And I said, well, I said, I guess it's a tough thing to explain. If you, if you felt it, you probably know it, or you might have felt it and don't know what it's called. So I figured I would take a minute today to actually go through and, and do some explanations of what this means and see if it makes sense to somebody. Trying to explain a feeling that someone's never felt, explaining to that person's difficult because it's hard for someone to grasp a concept of something that's to them incomprehensible. I'll, I'll give you some examples. For me being colorblind, so I'm colorblind, and I often tell people, well, what color do you see? Or I hear people ask questions like, well, can you describe what color you're looking at? Or, or how do things look to you? And the only way I know to explain it to them is, is if I only spoke French and you only spoke English, you can ask me in English eight ways to Sunday, and I'm going to keep giving you French words. And then you go, you know, well, you know, describe it to me the best you know how in English. Well, if I don't speak any English, I can't. Or if I can, the words have certain nuances that are different. It's very difficult. I do find a way around it. I take people to a website that shows them what some people with color color vision issues have that they might be able to relate and go, well, this, was, this is what I see and it looks like this and you're seeing this. And if you look at this, this is what I'm seeing. And the computer's able to generate those, which is pretty cool that people can do that now. The thing is, is to be actually able to explain that, I have to go through and jump through hoops and find things that you might understand and then use them to get you close to what it is I'm seeing. Feeling can be the same way. If I'm trying to explain what joy is and you've never heard the word and you don't know what it means, trying to explain joy to you is like, well, it's like being happy, but not quite like being happy. It's like being very, very happy, but not so super happy, but this feeling that you have and you see how it gets complicated. Feeling chronically empty is difficult for people to understand if you have never felt anything close to it because it's different than your normal sadness. Um, this kind of emptiness might be explained in a way like if physically, if you could feel it, it's like having a vortex in your heart, like a whirlpool somewhere in your heart or somewhere in your midsection that, that just seems to drain and pull everything down. And the thing is, is it's going down and there's nothing, there's no way to stop the whirlpool. 
or it's like looking over the edge into an abyss. And they use that word for a reason, abyss. It's not like looking over a cliff, because even with a cliff, you can look down and go, well, there's the sides of the wall. And they'll look down there, you know, there's uh, whatever, the road down there, or the woods or the village or whatever. You're looking off the side of a cliff or a plateau. When you look off the edge of an abyss, the idea is that word invokes this darkness that you cannot measure and a depth of emptiness that, you know, you, you throw a rock and you wait to hear and you never hear the rock hit something in echo. You never hear anything else happening. You just keep seeing these, these, you know, like this hole going down. So for someone who's feeling emptiness, it's, it's a thing that you can't feel. You can't, you can't tell. It's just, it's, it's gone. And it's, and it's very scary. And at the same time, it's very lonely. And it's hollow, but hollow without ending. Because even if you have something that's hollow, like a log, you can see the edges of it. And you can see through the log, see the other end. There's light at the other end. Emptiness is that hollow tunnel that has no end. And for someone who feels it, you, you can do so many things in your life to try to, to, to fill that void, that emptiness. And this is where a lot of times addictions and problems get in because, you know, you don't want to feel it. So you you drink or you do drugs or you gamble or you do these other things, sometimes trying to fill that hole. You, you have relationship after relationship. You, you try to do things to make yourself feel. And it's just not working. It's not happening. And coming to terms with that is difficult. And if, you felt that way, it's bad. Can you imagine what it's like to have that as a chronic problem? In other words, every time you turn around and think you're almost there and you filled in the hole, you realize that whatever you used to fill in the hole fell into the hole. And the hole keeps going on forever and ever. Um, it, it's painful. I don't know how else to put it. And it's not the kind of pain like you can go, ouch, it hurts here. It's the kind of pain that you can't say where it's coming from or where it's going or where it will end or even what's causing it. And that can be so scary. The other question that went in was, you know, this question of identity. Um, do you have problems with identity? basically knowing who you are and forming a strong sense of self. And again, I had to explain that question. Um, problems with identity is not having a steady sense of self. It's possible that, you know, when you're in certain places around certain people, you may act a little different, be a little different. Sometimes people are good at fitting in, as they call it. Most of those people, though, will still know who they are. They know their core values. 
they know what it means to be them. They may have their own style. Now, some people who have a lot of self-confidence will have their sense of style and not care what other people think. Those kinds of people will even draw people into them because their, their confidence is so strong in themselves and their ego is not overinflated, but it's strong enough to sustain and withhold these outer wishes of other people to change you or do stuff that you, you know who you are. But if you don't have that strong sense of identity of who you are, you know, teenagers are one of the ones you see this happen to a lot. They're trying to find out who they are. So they are trying different things. Am I part of this crowd? Am I part of that crowd? Someone, though, who has a chronic problem with knowing who they are and identity can tell you that my whole life, there's never been a time when I really strongly felt this is me. For a short period of time, I may do this. I may, and I explain it sometimes in the school, you know, you'll see somebody come in and, and this week they're, they're dressed goth and they're hanging out with some goth friends. And they do that for a couple of weeks and then they make some different friends and they shift and they start dressing emo, you know, and it's, that's a whole other thing. And then maybe later at some point they dress preppy. Or they hang out, you know, athletic looking and they wear athletic clothes or they, or they, you know, they're around a bunch of people who, who you know, come to school every day wearing those pajama bottoms and stuff, you know. It, it's interesting to see how people shift trying to figure out who they are and not being able to do that. And with teenagers, you, like I said, you can see that trying to fit in and figure out their sense of identity. The thing is, is a lot of times you will see them slowly solidify into that I am this person. Some people never can do that and they never really know who they are and they may end up mimicking those around them. Um, they, you know, there, there was a movie, I think it was called Single White Female where Someone was looking for uh, a roommate and they advertised it like that and, and the lady moved in. And during the course of the movie, she started to assume the identity of the other person, did her hair like her, dressed like her, makeup like her, acted like her, talked like her, wanted to be like her. And it's kind of like being a chameleon on steroids. You're constantly shifting with your environment. But unlike the chameleon, if left alone, the chameleon is the chameleon. Somebody who has a problem with a, a chronic identity issue will never really know really who they are. And you combine the two of them, the chronic emptiness with the not knowing who you are. They actually make each other worse and they feed on each other and create an identity crisis within you. And this becomes even stronger when things aren't working out and you're desperately trying to become something else. Uh, another good way of looking at this problem with identity, there was a, a series, uh, The Martian Chronicles, that came on a long time ago. And I remember this series, and it was off of the books. Um, uh, Ray Bradbury's Martian Chronicles. And one of the stories 
was about a Martian who, you know, we people had moved to Mars and were living there. Most of the Martians were dead. Well, this one Martian was roaming around, and the thing was this Martian had the ability to read your mind and to appear as whoever you most desired. Like if you had a long lost relative or a friend or something like that. And as long as that person was with just say one or two people who wanted that, it was able to assume that identity. The series episode came to a tumultuous end when suddenly all of the people of the town had started coming up and the person was stuck there with all of the different people, all wanting a different identity out of the Martian. And it was flipping and literally going insane, trying to keep up with everybody's wishes and be who they wanted. And it couldn't be itself. It kept flipping between all these two, which was painful. And to me, that's another excellent example of not having the solid identity and shifting your identity to basically be like those around you or to make those around you happy. Now, remember all these other criteria when I'm talking about borderline personality disorder specifically, you know, is when you have these fears of abandonment, you will do what you have to to appear like what you need to be for the other person which even stronger diffuses your sense of self because you're trying to be whatever they want you to be. And that chronic sense of emptiness also fits in with those fears of what's going to happen. And so all of this is happening at once. So like I said, a lot of times this chronic emptiness and this you know, perpetual sense of I don't know who I am. I'm trying to figure that out. All work together and make things very, very tough for somebody who's dealing with this. And if you're someone who notices these symptoms in yourself and, and, and reflect on that and go, this isn't you, you trying out a new hairdo or a new beard style or, you know, clothes to try to boost, you know, your image or to look more preppy for work or fit in with the crowd when it goes beyond that, where, you know, when someone asks you who you are, you have a very difficult time actually saying, this is my unique me and describing that. And then if you're being asked, you know, what do you feel like inside? And a lot of people will identify quickly who have problems with being chronically, this chronic emptiness, this feeling of nothing in there. They know quick. They may not be able to describe it in words, but they can tell you this hurts. This is pain. I don't know what this is, but I know that it's not, it, it just doesn't, you know, I can't take this. And two things need to occur. One is, you know, realizing that's what you're dealing with. And two, realizing there is a way to help and repair and to get through this. It's not easy. But this is where therapy steps in to try to help you solidify and understand and choose who you are and to also work to figure out how you can lessen the pain of the chronic emptiness and start to build a solid self within. Okay, so I hope that that helps a little bit if you know someone that's dealing with that or if you yourself are dealing with that. It's some food for thought. Think it over. And uh, like I said, 
this is a situation where you really need to get some help. Um, it, it really pays off to find a good therapist or somebody to work with you to help you figure this stuff out and to work through it and to gain coping skills for that. So I hope you have a great day. It was nice talking to you and I hope you'll have an absolutely blessed Sunday. Take care now. Namaste.